Well, my brothers and sisters, today we wrap up the Christmas season with the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord. This feast, however, is a sort of extension of last week's Feast of Epiphany. And Epiphany itself is really an extension of Christmas. So they all kind of collapse into each other. They all like telescope into each other. They all work together. They're, they're, they're a bundle of the same kind of truth. And that truth is that God's wisdom, the light of God's wisdom has come into the world and has shown in the darkness to scatter the darkness of evil and of ignorance and of the kingdom of the devil. God has become one of us and he is now manifest. That's what the word epiphany means. Epiphany, uh, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, the Feast of Epiphany was associated very closely with the baptism of Christ, as well as actually the miracle of the Feast of Cana in Galilee, and as as well as what we think of it today as the visitation of the Magi to the Christ child. Uh, but in any event, today's feast is an extension of that epiphany. What we're, what, what's being revealed here, what's being manifest, is Jesus, the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity. For the first time in human history, in a public manner, the Trinity is revealed. We see the Son, we see the Holy Spirit coming down upon him, we hear the testimony of God the Father, this is my beloved Son. And so there is an epiphany, a manifestation of the Trinity going on here in our in our feast today. But as well as being a manifestation of the Son of God, it's also a manifestation. It's also a revelation of the sacrament of baptism. You know, very naturally you might ask, okay, the gospel says everybody's coming to John to be baptized for the remission of their sins, but isn't Jesus sinless? So why is he coming to be baptized? What's what's going on here? And what we come to understand when we read the Gospels a little more closely and, and when we draw from the wisdom of our tradition is that Jesus came not to be sanctified by the waters of the Jordan, but to sanctify the waters of baptism. And in Christ, we see the sacrament of baptism being established. He is representative of all of us. When we're looking at Christ being baptized in the Jordan, we're looking at ourselves. We're looking as his sacred body is immersed in the water of the Jordan. We're looking at ourselves as members of his sacred body, receiving the gift of baptism. And so we're actually gaining an insight into us, into ourselves, into our own baptismal vocation. All of our readings today have to deal with this, though. Uh, so in Isaiah, we hear of the Messiah. He is chosen by God. He's the chosen one. And he's called. And then in our gospel text, we hear that he is beloved. Well, all those things are true for Christ, but they're also true for those who've been baptized into Christ. All the baptized are chosen. All of them are called. All of them are beloved. And I believe that simple truth really holds the key today to my pro-life uh, homily that I want to give for this year. Uh, very pertinent, very pressing, especially in light of uh, some upcoming an upcoming bill, ironically called the Reproductive Health Act, that Governor Cuomo and others in the state legislature want to put through. Very, very aggressive bill. Currently, right now in New York, uh, a woman cannot receive, uh, cannot get an abortion legally in the third trimester unless it has to do with her, her life is at stake. Um, but for the most part, it's she cannot just, of her own accord, go and get an abortion in the third trimester. Well, this reproductive health 
uh, bill wants to say, yes, she can, that she can get an abortion all the way up until her due date. Okay. Um, another thing that this bill wants to push through is it wants to um, lower the standards for those who can uh, legally perform an abortion. So right now, from what I, I understand, it legally in New York, only doctors, only medical doctors can perform abortions, but this wants to basically make it so that uh, non-doctors can perform abortions. So maybe some kind of technician, someone who gets uh, you know some, some training somewhere and they get a certificate, and they're able to, so that way, you know, Planned Parenthood can hire these people for peanuts and they, and they don't need to get doctors in there to perform these murders and they can just, you know, get anybody in there. Uh, the third thing that uh, this bill wants to put through, one of the effects of it at least, is it wants to decriminalize certain actions that currently are considered criminal uh, under New York State law. So, you have a lot of inconsistencies, um, logical and philosophical inconsistencies in our laws right now. Sometimes our laws reflect the belief and the truth that the unborn child is a, is a human person and should be treated as such. But then sometimes the laws reflect that the unborn uh, baby is, uh, is not a, a human person. So there's this conflict in the laws. So for example, just the fact that abortion is legal kind of reflects the belief that the that the child is not a person. But then there's this, there's these anomalies. So, like for example, if a man uh, intentionally targets an unborn child, for example, by by perpetuating some act of violence upon the mother with the intention of killing the child, like maybe striking the womb or something like that, okay, he can be charged with homicide. Okay. Well, I mean, that doesn't make any sense if the child's you know, not really a human person. Why are we? Why is that homicide? You know, so we got these kind of inconsistencies in our laws. But currently, and that's good. I mean, the fact that you know this guy can be charged with homicide, he you know he should be charged with homicide. But this reproductive health bill will um, decriminalize such behavior, believe it or not. So, and it's more. It's very, very aggressive and very bloody, uh, very, very sick. So in our bulletins, we'll find uh, a nice um, printout that was put together by the diocese uh, that uh, lets us know how we can make our voices be heard. I think, ironically, they're going to build, they're going to vote on this bill on January 22nd, which is the date of Roe v. Wade. <laughs> okay, uh, Governor Cuomo has got this is he wants to put a cap and a feather in his cap, and this is one of his big things that he wants to get through. And also, ironically, I mean, I don't follow a lot of local news; I follow mostly national news. But has anybody heard about this in the news? You, you, you have, you have. Okay, I mean, not a lot though. It hasn't made a big headlines. So they want to push through an incredibly aggressive uh, expansion of abortion in New York State, and it's not really spoken about too much. So we, that's why we need to have kind of like Catholic watchdogs keeping us aware. So please let your voice uh, be heard um, before this bill is voted on and follow the, um, the, the uh, handout in uh, the um, bulletin. My brothers and sisters, of course, uh, you know, this, this whole situation is, is, a, is a real problem. The remedy for it, ultimately, though, is what we're learning about in our gospel today and what we're talking about in our celebrating in our feast today. All of us are chosen. We are called. We are beloved by God. 
And uh, oftentimes what happens psychologically when um, a woman and the, and the father of her child is who's pressuring her to, to, to elect to get an abortion, what's oftentimes going through her mind and through her head psychologically is that she does know what she's doing is a terrible evil. She knows it, okay, for the most part, for the most part. When I was young and naive, I thought to myself, well, if only the, you know, these mothers and fathers would know uh, that the uh, life in the womb is, is, this is a real, this is a human person. Now, they wouldn't ever take its life. Well, it's actually not true. I mean, for the most part, they really do understand that this is a human life that they're taking. Um, but they view it psychologically as the less, lesser of three evils, of three evils. The first evil in their minds would be bringing the child to term and raising it. And so what she sees is she's looking at motherhood as an imposition upon her life plans. I have chosen a certain course of life for myself at this time. I want to do college. I want to do career. I want to go da 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 And then I'm going to have a, a baby when I want to have a baby. And this is this has in, gotten in my way. Motherhood is taking uh, away my freedom to choose. Okay? It's, it's destroying my plans and my designs for my life. That's That's the first evil. The second evil is, well, why not adopt? Why not put your child up for adoption? Well... You see, from the moment of conception onwards, the mother is a mother. But they can kind of play games with themselves psychologically and say, you know, I'm not really a mother until the baby's born. And so they kind of, uh, they, they suppress that motherly instinct and they say, look, I have this sense and this feeling that if the baby were to be born, then I would be a mother and I can't stand the idea of being a mother without a child. That's why they don't like to give up their children for, for adoption. I can't stand the idea of another woman out there taking care of my son or my daughter. They can't, you see. And so now motherhood is, instead of a gift from God, motherhood is something that's mass, that's your, your own possession here. You know, you, you, motherhood is, is, uh, something that's mine as opposed to a gift from above. Um, and so that's that's the second evil is they can't stand to think of their child uh, being raised by another another woman. And then the third evil is the evil of abortion, and they do think of it as an evil, but they think of it as the least of the three evils. And so they're kind of they feel this pressure to to do the abortion. The reality of it is, though, my brothers and sisters, is that it's not about our choices. It's not about our plans. It's about God's choice for us. It's about God's plan for us. Wouldn't it be beautiful if every child in America could receive the Christian truth that we are all chosen, called, and beloved by God, and that God has a personal plan for each one of our lives, and that motherhood, fatherhood, and parenthood in general is a great vocation. It's a calling and a gift from God. Wouldn't that be wonderful? I think that is the real solution to this problem. So my brothers and sisters, we pray today as we celebrate Christ, the chosen, the called, the beloved, and ourselves as chosen, called, and beloved. We pray for an epiphany to take place. We pray that an epiphany would happen in the hearts and the minds of women, first of all, who have already had abortion, that they can receive the mercy of God through Jesus Christ. But also for those who are contemplating an abortion and the, and the fathers of their children, that they would receive a light from above, an epiphany, 
that they it's not about their choices it's not about their plans and this you know parenthood interrupting them but it's about God's plan benevolence wonderful plan for them and for that unborn, for their unborn child this is what we pray today uh, please take take action and let your voice be heard uh, follow the steps of this bulletin insert and uh, and and we pray for an epiphany um, that's our vocation and our calling as as beloved sons and daughters of God uh, would be made known uh, this this feast day as we close out the Christmas season.